Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Stephen or Else podcast, a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stephen or Else podcast, the only show that turned down a chance at joining the Herculoids because we really didn't like those little blue neckerchiefs. I'm your host, Stephen, and I have been swimming in nostalgia this past week. Johnny Quest, Space Ghost, the Herculoids, you guessed it. I read Future Quest Volume 1. But again, you probably knew that just based on the title alone. But first, before we get into the meat of it all, just a reminder that March is Superman month. The first episode in March, which will be Monday, March the 4th, I'll be talking about the death of Superman trade, and I invite you all to join me. If you don't already have the trade or the issues, you can pick it up for free through the Hoopla app if you have a library card and your library participates, or you can get it through Comixology Unlimited and Kindle Unlimited, or you can just go out and purchase the thing somewhere. But here's the thing. If you want to join in, you have until the end of the day, Wednesday, February 27th, to send me your thoughts. You can email them. To Stephen or else at gmail.com. You can put together like a five-minute audio clip uh, and also email that in to Stephen or else at gmail.com. Uh, send those in if you want to join. But that's not all. The following weeks, I'll be talking about the other three books in the death and return of Superman storyline. So you're going to have to read those books too if you're going to want to join in. So that's The Death of Superman on Monday, March the 4th. Funeral for a Friend on Monday, March the 11th. The Reign of Superman on Monday, March 18th, and The Return of Superman Monday, March 25th. So you have until the end of the day, the Wednesday before the episode is released to send me your thoughts and all that and so forth and such and then some. Hey, does everybody remember Two Guys, a Girl in a Pizza Place? Uh, This was a sitcom on CBS. It started back in 98, ran for four seasons. It changed its name to Two Guys and a Girl in Season 3, and it featured both Ryan Reynolds 
and Nathan Fillion. I bring it up because I recently picked up seasons one and two from the library. And it's a, it's a set, seasons one or two, the complete season one and two, it's in one set. It's not like I picked up season one and I also picked up season two. They're, they're, they're like four discs all in one, one set. I got it from the library. I like to, I like to watch. Well, first of all, I like to fall asleep watching sitcoms. I don't know why. I think it's because in the end, I don't really need to pay that much attention to them. You know, if I'm watching like an hour long drama, that's going to suck me in, then, uh, it's, it's hard to fall asleep, but on a sitcom, I don't, you know, I don't need to pay that much attention to it. And I got these on DVD because at the same time, when I am, once I have converted one of my episodes into a video file, and then I upload it to YouTube, the process of uploading one of these YouTube files, one of these video files to YouTube, it sucks up so much bandwidth in, in our wireless that we can't stream anything else. We just can't do anything that involves wireless. And so rather than just watching regular TV and falling asleep to regular TV, I have been watching two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. So I get the set home, seasons one and two, and night number one, I start uploading to YouTube. I open up the, the, the DVD case. The very first DVD says disc one, put it in the old PS4, sit down and start watching. And right away, I'm a little confused because I felt like, you know, I just hit play all. I didn't look at any of the episode titles, but I felt like they didn't set really anything up. Um, why is it two guys, a girl in a pizza place? Why, you know, what they're, even sitcoms have some kind of setup, you know, like the pilot. It sets it up just a bit so you understand why these two guys and this girl are friends and maybe why they're working at this pizza place. And you you kind of pick that up as you go along eventually after a few episodes from, you know, where I started. Um, and then right away in that first episode, uh, the girl who I can't recall her name, but she ends up on Monk. She's the one that took over for Sharona on Monk. Tiger, I think her name was on Monk. Anyway, she is really crushing on this dude that's fixing the jukebox there at the pizza place who happens to be Nathan Fillion. Now, I remember watching this show back, you know, at the end, end of the 90s. And I remember that they were boyfriend and girlfriend at one point in the show. But I felt like it came later, not right away in the very first episode of season one. But you know what? I just rolled with it and I kept watching. And eventually, after a few days, the uh, first disc watched through all the episodes. So day three or four, I, I take the disc out and I go to place in disc two. And as the disc is coming out, and I open up the box and grab disc two. I notice that disc two also says disc one. So I'm really scratching my head. So I look at the DVD that just came out of the PS4 and I realize it says season two, disc one. And so even though it was one set, they didn't have disc one, two, three, and four. They had season one, disc one, season one, disc two, season two, disc one, in season two, disc two. And they didn't have them in order. Whatever, whichever jerk had this 
DVD set before me didn't put the DVDs back in order. And so I watched the first half of the second season first. Thankfully, it was a sitcom and it's not really thrown me through a loop. But then it was weird to put in disc one of season one and then start watching the pilot. But you know what? I got over it. I'm a grown man. My mind works most of the time the way it's supposed to. I was able to understand what was going on in the show. Not a lot of big threads weaving in and out. We're not talking about Lost. Can you imagine putting in disc one of season two of Lost, having never watched the show before and thinking that that's the first episode and just watching? That would that would be weird. But that's not what I did. I watched the first half of season two of Two Guys, A Girl, and a Pizza Place first. So that's the kind of guy I am. If you're new to the podcast, this is the kind of person your host is. The kind of person that doesn't really pay attention to the DVDs. that he, that he the, the kind of person that expects that the person before him who checked out a boxed set of DVDs that have more than one DVD in it, I'm the type of person that would expect whoever it was before me to put those discs back into the DVD case in order. But no, they didn't. And had they put season two, disc two up front, probably would have noticed. But it was disc one. That's all I saw. Season and disc one. And I said, that is the fish for me. And I threw it into the PS4. And I'm I'm managing. I'm managing to get through. I, I have uh I've really thought long and hard about it. And I think I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep powering through. I'm gonna watch the rest, all of season one, and then I'll jump in, skip. I'm not gonna rewatch disc one of season two. I'm not gonna do that. What kind of idiot, what kind of guy would I be? What kind of time would I have to have on my hands to just rewatch all those episodes all over again? Again, we're not talking about Lost. Speaking of TV, by the time this episode comes out, Punisher Season 2 will be on Netflix. And if I have my druthers, I will have watched the entire season by the time this episode comes out on Monday. But that's that's not going to happen. I don't, I, don't, I don't own any druthers. I don't know what a druther is. Uh, nobody ever gives me a druther, so I don't have any druthers. And so, therefore, I will have to watch The Punisher when I have the opportunity to watch The Punisher, which isn't very often. We live in a small house. We've only got a couple of TVs. One is in the bedroom. My wife is usually watching that one. The other one's in the living room. I like the TV in the living room over the one in the bedroom. It's bigger. I'm more comfortable on the couch. The problem is, is I got these three children and they are not, they don't, we don't give them just devices. They don't have devices that they can just be on all day long. Well, Simon, but Simon's a different story. He's my boy. He's a uh, 16. He is, if you're a new listener, he has autism, high functioning. Um, he kind of needs his device. The girls, however, they're not, they're not old enough. We're not ready to give them phones just yet. They will eventually get phones. Uh, maybe in the next year or two, 
but they don't have anything that basically what I'm saying is if, if they're home and I'm home, we're watching something that all of us enjoy to watch together, which isn't that hard to find. There's always stuff for us to watch, but it means I'm not watching the Punisher. Even if I did want to subject them to that level of violence and the Punisher is pretty violent. You know, if you've seen the first season, the Punisher kind of, the Punisher in 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 the show is one of those guys that I I like, one of those guys I root for. Um and by that I mean he is he's the anti-Batman. I'll just put it that way. I'm going to go ahead and and talk some smack on Batman for a moment. I don't like Batman anymore because Batman always gets the job done. He can do no wrong. The the joke with Batman is who would win in a fight? Batman or Darkseid? And the Batman fan always answers first, how much time does he have to plan? That's why I don't like Batman anymore. He's always got a contingency. He can go up against Superman-level villains and win. I don't like that. What I like are guys like John McClane and the Punisher. Well, the Punisher from the TV show. These are guys that get their butts kicked all the time. They charge headlong into danger to save somebody. They get their ass whooped. They're bleeding. They're broken. They're on the floor. But you know what they do? They get up and they get back in there. That's what I like. And nobody does it like the Punisher. I mean, in that first season, that guy should have died like nine times in that first season. And he kept getting up and kept getting back into the fight. So I expect more of that in season two. And... I expect a level of violence that I'm not comfortable uh, putting my children in front of, even though they are teenagers and I'm sure they've seen that kind of stuff before. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not there yet. <laughs> what? I am Adam Warrock. ID 510. Five on. The new generation, second wave of independent rap and occupation, product of a pair of immigrants who fell in love in a foreign land, trying to outdo the expectations. A kid who grew up with crushes on that blonde girl who blushed whenever he'd see her at school during lunches. Whose best friend's older brother skated in the half pipe, played street hockey till the sunset at night. Child of the 80s, I grew up in the 90s. I saw the cop killers, I saw the coast fighting. I witnessed indie revolution and now nerdcore. Napster iPods, digital music is turf war. And furthermore, never I'm going with that Music is bigger and better, can do more good than bad And that's bad, meaning bad, kid And I'm rapping three tracks just to give me some practice Like, I used to bump IMIP I used to think that happiness in life was unlikely I used to try my best to sit back and write these Don't best lyrics in my notebooks nightly I used to dream big till my head hit the sky See, I used to not blink till I needed some visine So then why would I take a day off Now that I'm living my dream, gotta Future Quest Volume 1. So back in 2015, DC was given permission from Warner Brothers to create comics based on the classic Hanna-Barbera characters. So they did a Scooby-Doo book. They did a Flintstones book. They did a Wacky Races book. And they basically, they reimagined each one of the properties. They updated them, making them more relevant for today's readers. 
At least that's the way I understand it. I didn't read any of those. Didn't have any interest. I would watch Scooby-Doo once in a while on TV when I was a kid. Wasn't a big Scooby-Doo fan. Wasn't a big Flintstones fan. I don't even remember Wacky Races. I'm sure I watched it as a kid. But the comic book started coming out. I understand that the, the Flintstones one was really good. Maybe I'll give that a chance at some point. And I am... I'm a bit curious, I guess, about Scooby-Doo because it's called Apocalypse and they made uh, Shaggy look like a hipster, but I haven't read any of them. But then came Future Quest and my interest was piqued. So this is a 12-issue mini that featured Hanna-Barbera's more action-adventure type characters, some of which I remember that I used to watch, Johnny Quest, Space Ghost, the Herculoids, the Herculoids. I'm really having a tough time talking at the moment. So I'm just going to take a second here and just take a little breath, let it out. Who's your babadoo? Okay. Birdman and the Galaxy Trio. I only remember Birdman because of, I think, what was on the Cartoon Network. I never watched it, but I understand there was a comedic show. They did that with... uh, Space Ghost as well, Co- Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Never watched that. I was, I've never really been interested. Um, I've never really been all that interested in properties that are that were at one time supposed to be taken seriously, and in in retrospect, when we look back at them, they're cheesy. So they take those properties and they make them into comedies. I didn't really enjoy it with uh, Starsky and Hutch. Uh, have no interest in ever watching any of the 21 Jump Street, either the 21 Jump Street movies. Same with Dukes of Hazard. Not that Dukes of Hazard was like a deep emotional drama show, but still, it's like they're making jokes out of stuff that I used to enjoy as a kid. So I just, I've never had a lot of interest in that. So I never watched Space Ghost Coast to Coast or Harvey Birdman or whatever it was called. But I had heard of the character. I don't know who the Galaxy Trio is. Have no clue. Um, I also don't know uh, Frankenstein Jr., The Impossibles, Moby Dick, and Mighty Mitor. Don't remember any of them as well. So really, I was coming into this book specifically for the Herculoids and Space Ghost. I would watch Johnny Quest all the time. Uh, You know, if it was on, I would watch it. But it's the other two that I remember really liking as a kid. And I I feel like I was a pretty young dude at the time when I watched those shows. Um, so the 12-issue mini ran from May 2016 to May 2017. But I'm only going to be talking about Volume 1, and that collects uh, issues 1 through 6. So let me read to you the official description. Uh, because when I start talking about the book, it's going to be a bit chaotic. Because... While I enjoyed the book, I think I'll enjoy it more when I when I finish, when I get uh, issues 7 through 12. But the book, to me, f- quite a bit of it felt really chaotic. Uh, so let me read the official description. When worlds collide, it's up to Hanna-Barbera's best-known action heroes to save the day! Exclamation point. Johnny Quest, Space Ghost, the Herculoids, and more are reimagined in this new collection. Exclamation point. When Johnny Quest and his adoptive brother Haji make a startling discover in the swamplands of Florida, they are pulled into an epic struggle between the Space Rangers and a dangerous villain who threatens the galaxy. 
No exclamation point there. Now it's up to the combined forces of Johnny Quest, Space Ghost, the Herculoids, Birdman, Frankenstein Jr., the Impossibles, the Galaxy Trio, and Mitor to stop him and save their universe! Exclamation point. This was written by Jeff Parker and featured art by Ron Randall, Steve Rude, Evan Doc Shaner, and Craig Rousseau. Okay, so... Like I said, this felt a bit chaotic. It opens up with Johnny and Haji. Actually, it opens up if I, if, if now that I'm kind of stretching my memory back to the last few days, which is always difficult for me. I believe it opens up with these space rangers fighting this entity called Omnicron. And they all die except for one who, um, I'm going to presume is Space Ghost. We don't learn that in this trade, but I'm going to presume it's Space Ghost. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's Space Ghost. In fact, it's Space Ghost. So they're on some distant planet, and they're fighting this Omnicron thing, which is like some weird green octopus, alien, vegetable, mutant, freaking Cthulhu-type creature. And uh, they seem to defeat it. But they all die except for this one last dude. Uh, but they don't defeat it. We find out that actually it dispersed. If I'm if it if I understood this correctly, it dispersed itself in many pieces across timelines and universes, and now is trying to collect those pieces back up so that it can uh, become the all-powerful being that it wants to be and, you know, just generally take everything over and, and consume life or whatever it's supposed to, it, it wants to do. Uh, I'm sure it's not good, whatever it is. It never is. So then we go to Johnny and Haji. They're in Florida. The Everglades, I believe. I believe their uh, their dad, Mr. Quest. I don't remember his name. Dr. Quest, is that what they called him? He has a lab there. And so they're out with some jetpacks and they're jetpacking around and a spaceship crashes near them. They go to check it out and then the bad guys show up. They're agents of fear, which I don't remember if they had agents of fear in the old Johnny Quest cartoons. I, anymore, I, I hear the word because it's an acronym and I, I don't think they talk about what the acronym stands for. But in the old Monty Python episode with uh, Mr. Neutron, fear stood for the Federal Egg Answering Room. And so I had a hard time with the agents of fear. But they uh, they have employed uh, with them the evil Dr. Zim, who is basically Dr. Quest's Lex Luthor. And they, they are trying to get to this uh, ship before Johnny and Haji do. Johnny and Haji run into a kid on an airboat with a cat whose name is Ty. And, uh, of course, Race Bannon is there. Race Bannon is a BA in this book. I remember him as a kid thinking Race Bannon's pretty, he's the tough guy. He's the guy that always came to Johnny's rescue. He's the guy that you didn't want anybody to mess with. So they took that, but I'm sure if I, so, you know, I'm sure if I watched those episodes as a kid, I'd be like, yeah, Race Bannon, he's supposed to be a tough guy, but it's pretty mild because it's a show for kids. So they took that level that you felt as a kid about Race Bannon, and then they took it up a notch. He is a B.A. 
Uh, so he's trying to help him. He's in a helicopter. It crashes. And then, so basically what we get in this, in this, in this, uh, these six issues. So there's a, a woman whose name I can't remember, who is an agent for inter nation, inter dash nation. They're like, I guess this, ver- this, uh, universe's version of shield. And they have, uh, also one of their agents is the, is this guy Birdman, who I don't want to take seriously because his name is Birdman, but he was pretty awesome. He apparently, uh, he gets his powers from the sun and his wings are made of light and he can create shields and, and he's, he was pretty cool. I really liked him. Uh, so he, Birdman is helping her and they've come to meet Dr. Quest because Dr. Quest has noticed, uh, these vortexes that are opening up. And this is like these pieces of Omnicron and they're just bad things are happening. And at one point as they, they, they find the ship and I know that on the ship is, um, Jan, one of the two space twins, Jan and Jace, I think they were called. She's there with, uh, the monkey, which I believe, <laughs> I don't remember a lot of this now. Gleep was his name. Maybe not. Glitch, Glick, Gleek, something. You'll send me an email. I mean, I could look it up right now on my phone. Don't feel like it. Anyway, uh, she has amnesia. And so they're trying to protect her from these agents of fear and their giant spider one-eyed drone robots. Uh, when then suddenly a vortex opens up and this freaking rhinoceros looking thing comes charging out and dies. And that is Tundro from the Herculoids. He's like this six legged rhinoceros armadillo thing that shoots, uh, fire rocks out of its, uh, one of its nose horns. He was, he's pretty, he's, he's pretty cool. Um, really, I mean, I'll be honest with you. These six issues were all set up trying to get the pieces in place. Uh, space ghost shows up at one point. Uh, this kid that they meet, Ty, uh, they, they go back to where these fear agents are. They're going through these, uh, fossils. They're looking for something and we find out they're looking for this, this big club that was given to a Neanderthal back in the day. And that turned him into my tour. His name was Tor. This turned him into my tour. Ty finds it. He takes a hold of the club. He turns into my tour and his cat turns into a big saber tooth tiger. There's dinosaurs running around because these vortexes are opening up in different times and different worlds and worlds are colliding and times are colliding. And, uh, Throughout all this, we kind of start, we also get these little interstitials, these, these, uh, backstories from various characters. Um, we get a really nice, uh, I don't know how many pages it was, like a, like a, a story about Birdman, which was drawn by Steve Rude, which was, which was pretty darn awesome. Check it out, yeah, uh, this is summertime, we got a heat wave outside, must stay frosty on the mic, know what I'm saying? Yeah, sunny day outside, maybe it's too hot, maybe I walk around the block to get adjusted, maybe the edges of my eyes are all crusted, because I dreamed all night, yo, poetic justice, got me 
now I'm reevaluating how I approach this. Stepping on new ground, used to think it was hopeless. Nah, to everybody suffering from some kind of corruption inside of their minds, body, or soul, then trust in this. You need sustenance, something different from the hustle and bustle your whole daily production got as custom in. I place like all my attention up in the beats and rhymes, hoping to keep the time and keep the deepest line. And if I never hit the streets in time, then I'ma just keep rocking with the peace of mind. Doing our best to just get by. Touch the sky. I'm thinking everything's gonna be fine. Why would I lie to you? Why would I lie to you? I'm an honest day. We also get uh, kind of an origin or backstory on who the Herculoids are. And they, uh, you find out that, man, I can't even think of the, the names of the humans, the three humans. It's a, a, a husband and wife and their boy. They actually come from a different planet called Quasar. And they come to this planet and they discovered that there's this rock. Um, it's kind of like a living rock. And one of the Herculoids is this big rock ape. Uh, Uk- no, I wanted to say Ukla from Thun- from uh, Thundar. Can't think of this big ape's name either. He, but he's this big rock ape. And he's made of this living rock. And so they discover this living rock. They take it back to their, their planet. Technology has taken over. They've been building robots to uh, do all their tasks for them. And they have been creating artificial intelligence. Um, and this rock, this mineral helps with that. But of course, as soon as the robots have are, have are intelligent, they're wondering why they're doing all the work while the humans just get a slack off. So they take over. The husband and wife escape from Quasar. They go back to this planet where the, the, the rock is. They got the rock, they they hook up with the Herculoids, and they basically protect the planet from these robots that are always trying to come and mine more of this rock so they can perpetuate their robotic species. Uh, we also get information on the Impossibles. These are three dudes that were in a rock band. They got superpowers through some kind of accident while well, they were on this cruise ship, and their manager, in order to hide their superpowers, works out a deal so they can do a TV show where they play a band with superpowers and they don't have to have any special effects because they just use their superpowers. This is the first time I've ever encountered them. Uh, Frankenstein Jr. is a robot that was built by this woman who she built him for her son after they lost, you know, his dad, her husband. And he, the Frankenstein Jr. is this kid's protector. Um, and some fear agents come to kidnap her or kidnap him to use the, the boy to use his leverage against the mother because they want her because she's this, you know, br- one of the three most brilliant scientists on the planet other than, you know, Dr. Quest and Dr. Zim and then her. Uh, but of course, when they try to kidnap this kid, Frankenstein Jr. intervenes, but they end up killing somehow, destroying Frankenstein Jr. It's it's a whole thing. Uh, but ultimately, the six issues were, like I said, really chaotic. It, it, it didn't really come together, in my opinion, in these six issues. But it's, I guess it's getting everyone together so that they can then fight the threat of Omicron, which we should then see 
in the last six issues. I hope because I, I, I have been, I did enjoy it. I mean, I was interested enough that I want to read the other, the other six issues and I will eventually not right away because I have stuff lined up to read so I can talk about on the show, but I do want to read more of the issues. Um, if you watched shows like Johnny quest, Herculoids, if you watched any of these cartoons when you were a kid, you will, I think you will enjoy this just as much as I did. I just think those, the first six issues, like I said, were, are, are, they're a bit chaotic. They, they don't seem to, uh, it bounces around quite often. There's just a lot of bouncing around. And based on the official description, there's supposed to be a group called the Galaxy Trio, which is featured in in uh, uh, some of the pinups. I'm assuming that's who these guys are. I've never heard of them. They don't seem to appear at all in these first six issues. There is a kid that they refer to as Dinosaur Boy because he just knows a whole bunch about dinosaurs, which comes in handy with all the dinosaurs that are coming through the portals, the vortexes. There's a, a Neanderthal that comes through one of the, the uh, vortexes as well. And him and Dinosaur Boy are kind of like best friends now. And his name is like Oog or Oog or something like that. I don't remember Dinosaur Boy from back in the day. So basically, there was a lot of confusion for me. But yet there was still enough there to keep me turning the page and to want to finish out the, the rest of the story. Uh, what else? What else was happening? That's, like I said, Race Bannon really kicked a lot of butt. Um, special Forces guy, I think they said. He's he's Johnny's bodyguard, of course, um, which is kind of the, the, the role he played in the show. In the show, I kind of felt more like he was less Johnny's bodyguard and more uh, Dr. Quest's bodyguard and the guy that, you know, he, he was an action man. He would do the fighting and shoot the guns and stuff. But for some reason, there's a memory that feels like he also, uh, carried a lot of the boxes and stuff as well. Um, yeah, I think that's about all I have to say about this. Space Ghost was not really in the first six issues as much as I wanted him to be. I really think that they could, that, that, you know, once this is all said and done, which it is, but I, I think, uh, I think somebody needs to make a space ghost book. I think, a I think a space ghost book would be really good. The one property that I would have liked to have seen, and I don't know how they would do it, but I've, I've always been a big fan of blue Falcon and dino mutt dino mutt of course is really goofy. That's going the Scooby-Doo route. Uh, Blue Falcon, I think, could be a pretty awesome superhero. And I don't know how they would how they would handle Dino Mutt if they tried to make the Blue Falcon into like a, you know, a Batman type superhero. Um I don't know. I feel like if anybody tried to tackle Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt, they would make it goofy. Which it was goofy. Um but I would like to see somebody. I, I wanted to see Blue Falcon show up in this, but he didn't. But they had Birdman and he was pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. That is all I got to say.
I was born in the shadows of the mountains that I battled Windmills spun around as I rode past others watching me Wondering why I fought invisible monsters Because my grandfather never got to see my face So I try to focus more on what's in front of me Investing my heart and soul to those still left in my company The closer I get, the more the days were left Hourglass shattered and time spilled between my fingertips Singing in the memories of those long gone When I think of it, I'm left with anger, lingering Regret too big to speak of it Each of the time I fell on my knees I scraped the skin and when I bleed I pick myself up fast as I can see to it Time moves quickly and life keeps getting shorter And people they get weaker as bones they grow older And I still try to ride against those windmills sometimes When I got enough strength to fight And that's why I kill giants Cause that's how you fight back in life I kill giants When the shadows drown out the sunlight I kill giants Bigger they come, harder they fall Even when there's no giants at all Yeah, I kill giants When I swing the Kovaleski and crush I kill giants Whenever life bears down too much I kill giants Bigger they come, harder they fall I kill giants Even when there's no giants at all I kill giants I want to thank everybody for listening to the Stephen or Else podcast. You can email your questions and comments to stephenorelse at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment to the episode on the site. That's over at stephenorelse.com. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. And that, you know, if, if you're interested in comic book podcasts, that's the place to go because... There's a crap ton of comic book podcasts that are part of this network. So I I do urge you to go over there and check out all the podcasts that that network has to offer. I just recently was allowed to be a member. I'm pretty happy about that. I used to be a member back in the Just Another Fanboy days. And now I'm back with the Steve or Else podcast. And I'm pretty happy about that. If you feel inclined to throw a little support my way, you can do that in two different ways. Number one, you can become my patron over at Patreon. And for as little as a dollar a month, you're not only going to be helping me support my family, you're going to get instant access to my other podcast, which is called My Other Podcast. It releases twice a week and is exclusive to patrons only, except for the odd episode that I just decide I'm going to make this available to everyone. But you can check that out over at patreon.com slash Stephen R. Or if you aren't into the commitment of a monthly payment thing, you can throw me a one-time payment for as little as $3 over at coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com slash Stephen R. Or if you want to support me, but you don't want to throw any money at me, you just, you, you just can't support me monetarily. And that's fine because you're in the same boat I am. Here's what you can do for me. Just spread the word. Spread the word, Thunderbird. That's my new thing. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your people on Facebook. Tell your folks on Twitter. Is Foursquare still a thing? I don't know because I'm not out there. I don't do that stuff as much. I'm on Twitter, but that's about it. The theme song for this episode is Worship by Trinity X. You can find it and more songs from the band at atomiczombierecords.bandcamp.com. The rest of the music in this episode comes from Adam Warrock. You can find him online at adamwarrock.bandcamp.com. He also has a great YouTube channel. He, uh, Adam Warrock no longer makes music, but for the few years that he was, he would put out, he's put out three albums. He's put out a few mixed, uh, like EPs and whatnot, but he put out a crap ton of free music on his website at least a song a week, sometimes two songs a week, just a crap ton. 
And most of those, you can't get those over at his Bandcamp site. But most of them you can get on his YouTube channel. So go to his YouTube channel. The link will be in the show notes. And there's just a crap ton of Adam Warrock music over there. Nerdcore rapper. He raps a lot about comic books. I listen to a few nerdcore rappers, but Adam Warrock is probably the one that raps about comics more than the rest of them. And speaking of nerdcore rappers, I want to, you know, I just want to say thanks. There's a, there's a few guys out there. Adam Warrock, Michael Kill, MC Frontalot, Beefy, uh, Kirby Crackle, which is a nerd rock band. These are folks that I have never met in real life. I may have had a conversation once or twice with a couple of them. Once or twice. Did I say twice? Once or twice through email. But these guys, I just, I sent them an email and I said, hey, I love your music, which is something I urge anybody to do. If, if there's an independent creator out there that you like, tell them, tell them that you like them. Just tell them. That almost is worth more than, than, than any amount of money. I mean, there's a line, but tell them that you like them. So I, I, at one point, as I was starting this podcast, I reached out to each of them and said, I love your music. I would really like to be able to play some on my episodes. And each one of them said, yes, I, I didn't get a no from anybody. Each one of them said, yes, they don't know me. Sure. I had a few episodes out there and if they wanted to, before they answered, they could have gone and listened to some of them to see what I was about. But each one of them said yes. And I can't thank them enough for that because I think it brings a lot to the show. So thank you, Adam Warrock, Beefy, MC Frontalot, Michael Kill, Kirby Crackle, that Old Field Victory. That's a band from Kansas City, Missouri. I used to play in a band with those guys. They're letting me play some of their music. So thank you to all of you dudes, all you folks making music. If you, uh, if you're out there, if you listen to the podcast and you make music, shoot me, you know, throw me a line. We'll talk. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll play some of it on the show. All right. So all the links that I gave you here in this little end piece thing, they're all going to be in the show notes. All those email, all those website addresses I gave you, they'll be in the show notes. Don't worry about writing them down, but that's it. That's the show. So until next week, I'm Steven. This has been my podcast. Later. Good job. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.